Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come to me, my babies. Let me quell your pain. Quick disclaimer before we jump into this, all right? Because of the, the situation with my laptop, all we got here is raw audio. So no outro, no intro. That's why I'm just starting right up. If I drop an F-bomb, if if Joel burps or farts. No, I was going to say an F-bomb could have been either from your mouth or from your, yeah. My posterior. Yeah. So you can't, you got to be careful. But if Joel burps or farts, if uh, anything happens, if we screw up, it's just going to get left in. State gets a recruit before I get my laptop back. There's going to be no recruiting song. This is all we can do. But that being said, this is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! here with you on a Wednesday morning. We're glad to be back with you uh, here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We are excited to be back with you, especially our servicemen and women across the world. So many of you. Reaching out to us and letting us know you were missing some thunder and lightning in the morning, well, buddy. We got to do what we got to do. We gotta, you got to improvise. You got to overcome. You have to adapt. You have to go to Strange Brew Coffee House and turn us into ice cream today. Why you ask? Because I believe, I, you know, this is one of those things. If, if we were, if we could just had the regular stuff, I would pause right this second and reach out to my friend Shane Reed and be like, "It is Stranger Appreciation Day, right?" But the, the signs on Twitter are telling me that today is Stranger Appreciation Day. Whether it is or whether it isn't, Strange Brew Coffee House is good enough. You should go anyway. You should go anyway, but you can get some extra goodies uh, if you head over there today. <laughs> you can go and tell them, I'd like to cash in on Stranger Appreciation Day. And the worst they could tell you is, it's not Stranger Appreciation Day. It'll be full price. That's the worst that could happen. And you still end up with a quality product. So, yeah, you're right. you win either way. You can't lose. It's a no-lose situation. <clears throat> it's the 1972 Miami Dolphins. Of, of coffee houses. Of coffee houses. I'm not going to disagree with you. Yeah. Also, go check out our friends over at College Corner or at collegecornerstore.com. Before you get to Duty Noble in, see, this is one of those times we're going to think, three plus, mm-hmm. 17 days. I got it. I did it in my head. I was going to say 16, but we'll go. I think it's, oh, yeah, by the time you get it tomorrow. Yeah, you're yeah. probably right. Uh, yeah, when you do that, though, you get some new M over S logo stuff. That's what you want to do. So go to College Corner, either in Ridgeland over by Fleet Feet or over by the Half Shell in Flowood or just shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Check out the biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise that can be found. Uh, what do we got here? Oh, oh, Green Lantern. I need to check that that out. See, this is the type of stuff that happens. You don't you don't ever know. I just, I just go off on a tangent sometimes. Yeah, you, you may get some wild stuff today, folks. It could a- actually, spoiler alert, uh, Brian and I are actually top-tier professionals. Very rarely do we have to go in and edit. In the business, we are known as Brian and Joey One Take. That's what they call us. Did, I, I never met they, but sure. They wrote the book. <laughs> I'm talking about doing things by the book. It's written by JP and Charles They. Do you not know that? Do you know who, who used to say that? I'm, I'm, it's going to hurt your feelings when I tell you. Who? Skip Carey. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, it does hurt. Line drive, base hit. <laughs> base is loaded, Bra- so am I. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Skip Carey ever, ever. He was up there, and I, I think it was him and probably Don Sutton. I could be wrong. So they bring him like those, like these, you know, gigantic drink with the long straw. Yeah. And they're like, oh, they brought us uh, some lemonades, Don says. And you hear Skip take a little sip. That ain't lemonade, partner. <laughs> and then he goes, "Woo!" He gives a little woo. 
And oh man, I, I, I was not a Braves fan, but I did, who could not love Skip Carey? Good times. All right, let's get to the the, the meat on the bones here. Uh, I'll go ahead and tell you about uh, the eight minute timeout uh, in the first half in, in Gainesville. I'm sitting here thinking about, gosh, this team is just they're just not good. They're just not that good. Uh, they're not going to make the tournament. It's not going to happen. And then things happened. Some other stuff occurred. And yada, 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 they win the game uh, pretty in, in relatively convincing fashion. Total domination of the second half. Um, Mississippi State takes down Florida to get that quad one win that we've been talking about now. Well, they now have two. You you said that because Arkansas has moved up, right? At least as of the day on Tuesday. Now, I mean, I guess the action of Tuesday night could change it. Mm-hmm. But at start of play on Tuesday, Arkansas was 28th in the net. And, and okay. as a home game, you just have to be top 30. Yeah. So as long as they stay in the top 30, there's your quad one win. And then, of course, Florida, as a true road game, they just have to stay in the top 75. Yeah. So that one's pretty safe as a quad one pretty win. safe, yeah. Um, gosh, and they were just – we hadn't had a show since then. They were just inches away from having a third. Yeah. win against well, Oklahoma. In reality, Joel, they're they're two buzzer beaters away from having four. Yeah, they'd be fifteen and five, and what five and two in the conference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I if, mean, if two buzzer beaters have gone against them, one shot by the other team and one shot by Mississippi State. I mean, it, if those had rolled the right way and they were fifteen and five, five and two in the conference, I mean, you got like they're a top, in the top twenty five. Yeah, they're ranked. He's, yeah, you're talking about could they be a top four seed? Yeah, and, and buds for candy and nuts. We'd, we'd all have a merry Christmas. Yeah. A uh, great game from MSU's front court. Uh, Reggie Perry, of course, the star, 27 points, 8 rebounds. Uh, did have 7 turnovers, which is really unusual for somebody in the front court whose name isn't Abdul Adu, anyway, who's been known to have those kind of games. But Perry, fantastic. Really, he kept the dogs in it in the first half. I thought Nick Weatherspoon had a great game. Well, we'll talk about him in just a minute. Okay. I want to talk about the front court, though. Woodard was huge in the second half. 16 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, and he had the crucial offensive rebound uh, after a missed free throw that gave State the ball back and put them back on the line, uh, that was just that was huge. Uh, DJ Stewart misses the front end of a one and one with 39 seconds left, but Woodard is able to get up and get that rebound, puts Weatherspoon on the line. He's built like a Greek god, you know. He's just ripped. I never seen a player look like that. <laughs> um, we love you, Ben. If you're a Thunder and Lightning fan, did I tell you he uh, texted me? No, or he called me and then texted me. He wanted to find out my thoughts on the cryo chamber. I was like, felt great. He's like, well, we'll have to do that again. I was like, make a party. Yeah. Well, you know, he, he told me, he said the other day when I said that I, I could use it, he's like, you, you can come back up here. Like, did you go? I, no. You should have gone. I, I I'm telling you, you should go. We're going to get you in there for the end of the season. I, the other day, I really was going to hop in there. But then the I, like, I had second thoughts. I was like, I'll get in there. Yeah. And then and then Woodard and, yeah, and Perry yeah, and some of those guys. It. And I'm like, yeah, the guy from the Starfield Daily probably doesn't need, doesn't it need as bad it. as Perry and Woodard. Speaking of the front court, though, let's stay with that. Abdul Adu, only six points, but three or five shooting. So that's good. Nine rebounds, and he also had three huge block shots. And, I mean, he really did a good job of keeping Florida out of the paint. Florida, in the first half shot – let me get it by half here. I'm sorry. This is one of those things, guys. I'm telling you. This is what you – you're getting the real dirtiness. Well, in fairness, we would probably leave that in. You're probably right. I just, I just, look, for, I just look for stuff here. Um, I'm looking for shooting here, I guess. I know that Florida shot like 29% in the second half. For, yeah, Florida first half shoots 58%. They shoot 29% in the second half. From three-point, let's see if I can find it here. Go back to this. They were 0% in the second half. It I think was like you're, o, I think o you're right. 7 or something like that. I think you're right. They were 
That's Mississippi State. Yeah, they were 8 of 21 total. So they were 8 of 14 in the first half. That's really good. And yeah. part of the reason they had a 10-point lead at the half, but then they shoot 0 of 7. Look at me. I'm like a personal stat book in my brain. Well, it's, it's just fresh in your mind right now. State down 10 at the half, outscores Florida by 17 in the second half, out-rebounds the Gators by 6. They turned the ball over... Uh, only 15 times, but they had a they had I think six of those in the first five or six minutes of the game. Just it's, it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's they cannot get off to a, if they would get off to a good start. If they would play its best basketball from start to finish, they'd be number one in the nation. <laughs> they'd be right there with Baylor and Gonzaga. You know, one of the key stats of the game for me, and maybe it was just because I was looking for it. Nimhart, three assists, and, I, and that is exactly what I said. You know, J- Ben Ben Hallen was so uh, adamant about him. In our press conference, as he should have been, as he should have been. You look at the look at his numbers for the year, and coming into this game, he had uh, an SEC play like thirty. I believe it was thirty nine of their seventy four team mm-hmm. assists. So he had over fifty percent. Yeah, one hundred eighteen of two hundred twenty one. So well over half the team's assists through right. that one guy. Right. And like in, in league play, no one else was even in double digits, and he yeah. had thirty nine. And so, then State and holds then, him to three of only twelve. So he only had a quarter of his team's assists tonight, and they only had twelve. I said that on Sports Talk Mississippi. You, I'm sure you're, you're talking about it right now. Ben Hallen was right. His scouting report was correct that everybody wanted to focus on Kerry Blackshear, <clears throat> but it was Nim, Nimhart is really sort of the guy that makes that engine run, and you shut him down. You can shut Florida down. On the other side, and we'll get to the guy you just mentioned, Nick Weatherspoon, 13 points, four rebounds, eight assists to one turnover. Yep. Huge. And he I mean, he missed two layups right at the rim. Could have easily had 17 points and made this a double-digit win. Boy, Nick How- Nick, uh, Nick Howland. Who is Nick Howland? <laughs> ben Howland. Ben Weatherspoon. Who was, was it the other? What did they call him the other day on the – Bill. The guy at the Oklahoma game called him Bill Howland. <laughs> I was just like, who? Who is Bill? That's his other brother. Uh, but could have been, you know, think about net rankings. Having that double-digit win would have been nice for Mississippi State. But I don't think they're going to complain. Um, and then Tyson Carter, double digits, twelve points, four of eleven shooting. Had the huge, only made one three, but it was the big one. It was yeah. the one that gave State the lead. Uh, which I they, I think it went back and forth for a minute, and then State pushed it out to, uh, it to like a four stayed, or five point. It basically lead. And then State four or five the rest of the way. I kept. I was watching the game, and uh, you know, State would would get a p- possession, score, Florida would come down, and they would score, and I just kept thinking, like, you got to answer, you got to keep answering, keep it at four, because if you get it to two or three, and the crowd's back into it, it, it feels like it would slip away. State, to their credit, they they put their hands around that win and never let it go. Yep. In big picture, if you go back to tip off on Saturday against Oklahoma, what you would have asked for is to go one and one in the next two. Um, either beat Oklahoma or beat Florida, either one. I mean, you know, ideally you'd like to have won two, and as it turns out, State probably, you could argue, should have won two. But at tip-off, you would have taken, just win one of the next two. And guess what? They Mm -hmm. got it. Yeah. So they're in fine shape now. Uh, I would guess this probably – the net's so funny sometimes. I I can't really – I don't know if anybody really knows 100% how that thing works. But this, you would think, should push State somewhere around 40, right? Well, I mean, they jumped like five spots losing to Oklahoma. Yeah, so you would so, think yeah. this pushes you around 40. You could get into like 39, 38 range. And, and like Ben Howland told us the other day, in you, the w- you want to be in the 30s, and if State does down the stretch what you think they will do down the stretch, as, as long as they don't have any slip-ups, you can't lose to Vandy. Kind of like you said, you can't lose to Ole Miss, but Ole Miss is beating breaks off of Auburn as we speak, the, yeah, I think. So I'm checking on that game right they, now. They may you, actually be – This sounds really weird. It's going to sound weird to Mississippi State fans. You want Ole Miss to keep winning games. 
Because you got two more games with them. Yeah, so you can have a buffer there in case you lose one. Well, not only that, but if you win them both, maybe they're both quadrant two wins. That's true, of, too. Instead of having that quadrant three win. Yeah. So, so uh, but I- anyway. You know, still- I'm not saying you got to cheer for them. I'm not saying you got to do that, but you sort of want them to keep winning. It doesn't hurt Mississippi State for Ole Miss to win yeah, as long as they're not beating Mississippi State. You don't want that game to kill you if you slip up and lose it, for right, sure. Right. Um, either one of them. But anyway, big picture-wise, where I'm going there is, man, when I look at this team now, I think they are, if they do what you just think they will do, if it, st- if it stays with chalk, and even if you lose at Kentucky, but you, you win the games you're supposed to win, I kind of feel like they're in, don't you? If they just yeah. do, if it just stays chalk the rest of the way, like I don't think they have to do anything special. And if they do go to Kentucky and win at Rupp and do the rest, I mean, then you're talking about a pretty high seeded team, right? I mean, it's they're in a good spot uh, considering the some of the non conference hits they took to to come out and grab this one tonight was big. They need Arkansas to keep winning to keep that a quad one win, obviously. Um, but yeah. I think they're in pretty, Every, a pretty everything's, good spot. Everything they just if they do what they're supposed to do, if they win the games they are favored in, and they have a chance for another good win on Saturday, even with Tennessee losing tonight to Texas A&M, which is a bad loss for them. Yeah. But if uh, if they can do that, they're they're going to be that's a good win. That's a quad right now. It's a quadrant two win, and and you're just win the games you're favored to win. If you do that, the rest of the way. You're going to be fine. Yeah, simple as that. Yep. And and if you go to Rupp and win here in a week or two, whenever that is. Well, I mean, now we're then you're talking pie in the sky kind of stuff. I don't know if that's going. Well, you are, but look, man, nobody in the SEC looks just unbeatable. Right. I mean, again, if you told me today that State goes to Rupp and win, I know they hadn't done that much in history, historically speaking. That's kind of a big deal. But when you look at just this year in a vacuum, Kentucky isn't world beater. Mm You go up there and win that game, then you're really sitting pretty. But. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Uh, since we have been off, we haven't talked about baseball. We, You and I went and saw uh, Mississippi State baseball. They had media day on Saturday. Uh, we got to talk to a lot of players. and got to talk to Coach Lamonis as well. The guy who stood out to me in terms of uh, what he had to say was Rowdy Jordan. Confident young man. Would you agree? I think not to go away from your point too much. I do 100% agree, but this is a confident team. Yeah, top to bottom. Yeah. Every everybody I talked to was just like, "Yeah, we're fine. We're good. We know what we're locked in ready to roll." Yeah. And, and I even talked to uh I talked to Riley Self for a little while. Auburn just cut it to 8. Ah. Uh, I I talked to Riley Self for a little while uh, about the bullpen because those that are frequent listeners to this show know how much the bullpen is a concern of mine. And really, I think it's the main concern of, of everyone. If you had to list this team, baseball team's worries, I think number one on that list for pretty much everybody is bullpen. Yeah. So anyway, I was talking to Riley about that, and he said, you know what, since I've been here, basically every year, the main question is bullpen. And every year... The bullpen answers. Yeah. <laughs> he's, and you know what? He's right. Every single year, we go into a season thinking, all right, who's, who's stepping up? And then all of a sudden, you get a couple years ago, Cole Gordon just basically goes from a guy that nobody wanted to see run into the mound yeah. to the best thing that come to, to, to the pitcher's mound since Jonathan Holder. I mean, he was just shutting down everybody. Yeah. Went, went through that, whatever it was now, 18-inning streak of not giving up a run. Or right. I know I'm off there a little bit. But, um, I mean, we don't have to go far to find the Jared Lee belts and, and Colby Whites and 
and all the uh, all the other guys that have just kind of come from out of nowhere. This bullpen, for whatever reason, uh, I think the main reason is the last few years they've had some really darn good pitching coaches yeah. in Gary Henderson and now Scott Fox. On. Yeah, I agree. But uh, but anyway, they don't seem at any juncture to have any of the concerns that that we have had. Right. Everybody you talk to. They feel like they're going to. Feels like oh, we're, we're fine. Where the problems are, they'll figure. Who's going to play third? It doesn't matter. They'll we're figure fine. It out. Who's going to play left? We got it doesn't matter. We're we fine. Got we got guys um, there. So anyway, um, I, I, yeah, I did. You may have had a grander point there, but yeah, Rowdy, confident dude, as was everybody. Yeah, and I, the, the only guy I, I don't think either of us talked to that you know you consider like a big name was Tanner Allen. Did you talk to him? Uh, I actually didn't talk to Tanner or Westy, and my strategy okay. on that was we're going to talk to Tanner and Westy. We'll a talk lot. to them a lot. Yeah, and so yeah. I was trying to talk to a few guys that. You know, maybe, but even talking to like Sarantola, uh, talking to uh, well, who was the other person? I, we, I forget, but I mean, they're, yeah, you're right. They're all just like, yeah, we're good, we're fine. You, you mentioned the bullpen and the, and the vet. There's there's two veteran guys there, Riley, Sell, Spencer, Price, both battling injuries and have been you know trying to come back. Can State get anything out of them this year? That feels like an X factor. If you get 2017 Riley, Self, and Spencer Price, all of a sudden you are really good. You're in really good shape. Yeah. Um. Spencer had a good outing in, in a scrimmage on, uh, I guess it was Sunday. It mm-hmm. wasn't the one that we got to see. It was mm-hmm. the next one. Um, and, and credit to 24-7 Sports and, and those guys putting those stats up. But uh, he apparently, I think he went two and a third scoreless. Um, looked really good from all, all accounts. Right now, Spencer is a complete wild card in that I don't know that anybody's expecting anything out of him. But given what you've seen out of him before, I mean, if he's 2017 Spencer Price, holy cow. I yeah. mean, you're in fantastic shape. And then if Riley Self is 2017 Riley Self, well, now you got two of the top relievers in college baseball to go with everything else, and then the rest of the guys can figure it out. Yeah, and, and that's two big ifs because you got two guys that have dealt with, you know, multiple elements. I mean, Spencer coming off of Tommy John, he was not himself last year. He couldn't find the slider. He right. just didn't look like himself, and he, he just wasn't himself. Right. Um, I mean, you got to think, though. It's now two years removed since the surgery. I'm going to say he probably trusts his arm a little more to just let go out there. I would hope. Um, if he gets that slider back, man, he could be really good. And he doesn't have to go out there and be what Cole Gordon was or what Jonathan Holder used to be or whatever. If he can just go out there and be effective yeah. and be another guy that you can run out there in the middle innings, if one of he doesn't have be to be Tristan the closer. Barlow. Yeah. Just a guy you can get speaking, a couple speaking innings. Speaking of Tristan Barlow, I mean, that's something that, to me – if you want to dig into this bullpen even more, a lefty. They need a lefty, yeah. and that may be Jack Egan. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, he he ran off another couple of names. You know, of young guys. Uh, there, there's like I said though, there, there's a lot of of optimism in that bullpen. Um, there was one name that just repeatedly when I was talking about the bullpen with these guys that that just kept coming up and Land, coming up Landon Sims. and coming up, and it was Landon Sims. Yeah. Um, Everybody that I talked to, from Riley Self to to Chris Lamonis to to guys that had hit against him, talked about how impressive Landon Sims is mm-hmm. as a freshman. Yeah, he's a he's a freshman, but he's a name that I think you're going to see in some high leverage situations. Yeah, um, Carlisle Costler is another one that I saw him pitch a little bit on Saturday in that scrimmage, and he had a a three up three down inning. He's just a guy to me that is going to be that. Can he be what Peyton. J.P. France was for Mississippi State? Maybe, yeah. Kind of, kind of a swing. I think stuff's different. The, 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 but well, I mean, it's from, in terms of big picture perspective, a veteran, yeah. a veteran guy that who could can do whatever you want him to do. Midweek relief, 
maybe get a starter on a Sunday if you need him. Yeah, dude was a Friday night starter at Selah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you need him to start on the weekend, he can do that. If you need him to start in the midweek, he can do that. You need him to come out there and close. I mean, he's not going to be overcome by the moment, you know? Right. So I, I'm interested to see what they do with him. I guess what I'm saying is after talking to all these guys, after seeing a little bit, I'm still – the bullpen I'm still concerned with as mm-hmm. far as – I'm not willing to say, up oh, lockdown bullpen. You know? I mean, who knows? But I do think there are enough – enough chairs on the deck mm-hmm. that everybody's going to have a seat kind of like i i think that it's going to be fine yeah. eventually it may take some shuffling in the first couple of weeks to figure out really you know because it's different man i don't care you got there and have a bullpen and you can be lights out go ask them about how good eric sarantola's bullpens were last year and then they'd put him out there in a midweek and he couldn't throw a strike to save his life it, it's different when you run out there in a game that counts not to mention the fact when you run out there in a game that counts on a weekend in the SEC when there's 10,000 people in the park. Yeah. So they got to figure out which one of those freshmen don't get the big eyes and the butterflies. Yeah. But I, I think once they figure all that out, they'll be fine. D1 Baseball projecting nine regional teams from the SEC. All of them are ranked in the top 25. Six of them are ranked in the top 10. Um, state They have state third in the West behind Arkansas. And they have Auburn at eight, which I'm – not totally sold on. I would have stayed and LSU, I think, ahead of Auburn. But it doesn't matter. I mean, six of the seven teams in the West are ranked. Yeah. Ole Miss is 25th, A&M's 20th. You know, Alabama's the only team that's not ranked. And they're getting better under Bohan, and they're just not they're not there yet. Yeah, what Aaron Fitt told us the other day, like he could draw up a scenario where Alabama's really competitive this year. Yeah. Uh, they, they have enough to, to do that. Um, something else that stood out to me about Media Day um, – I don't know that I would have predicted this before Saturday, but after that, talking to some guys... And that's that Hunter Cloud would show up dressed like a character from Red Dead Redemption? <laughs> I'll tell you what, the cojones on that guy. Uh, I love Hunter Cloud, but to show up, he knew he was going to get roasted. He had to. Showing up like that, and he didn't care. Did anybody so. text... I had people text me like, who, who is that? <laughs> what What is happening there? Uh, if you know Hunter, that was not too much of a surprise. No, um, no you're right. So anyway, he, he's... It was a little he's, bit of a surprise. He, he, well, I have to say the the... What do you call it? The shawl or whatever? The poncho. The poncho, whatever he had. That was a little bit of a shock. Yeah. But, uh, We've anyway, seen the hat. Go find Logan Lowry's Twitter account and scroll back to Saturday if you want to know what I'm talking about, folks. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, something else stood out to me about Media Day outside of the bullpen, the confidence in Hunter's poncho, was the fact that I don't – I think who I would predict to play third base and left field right now and who I would have predicted going into Saturday. Okay. Who would you have predicted going in? Who do you say now? I think I would have said Landon Jordan at third. Mm-hmm. And I think I would have said, and I'm talking about like opening day. I'm not saying yeah. that this is the guy that will stay there. All. I think I might would have said Brad Combeston left. Okay. But now who do you think? Um, I, I, At third, I'm leaning heavily towards Cameron James, yeah. the, the freshman. And in left, it might actually be Bryce Brock. Yeah. And I don't know that I would have said that going into Saturday. Because those two guys have, have impressed the last few months. I knew that. But... After hearing Chris Lamonis lay out the fact that, and, and I don't have this quote pulled up in front of me, and it would take me a minute to find it, and since we don't have editing software today, I won't go do that. But I, I, will, that. I will uh, paraphrase the way I remember it, and that was basically the way I heard it was, with as good as our lineup is, and I'm being Chris Lamonis here, with as good as our lineup is with, you know, Rowdy and Foscue and Westberg and Hatcher, and uh, I'm missing somebody here, Tanner. Yeah, Mr. Tanner Allen, those guys, 
plus, uh, you know, maybe a Brandon Pimentel's a DH who's got a big bat, apparently. Right. Um, with as good as as the lineup is, and I even left Josh uh, not, Luke Hancock out of that, who's a really yeah. good hitter. Imagine that. They, they could uh... – <laughs> let me take a sip of water before I finish this up. <laughs> before I reach across the table and slap you and everybody else that had a joke to make. Um <laughs> <laughs> that was the first guy when we got in there. It's like, you want to interview Luke? And we did go. He wasn't there. He wouldn't sit. No, no. I remember what it was. Danny P's doing our catching story. Yeah, yeah. So, so I didn't have to. But anyway, uh, those two guys, they're defensive guys. And the way that I heard Chris Lamona say it was, our lineup is so good in the other six, seven spots, we can afford to make sure we're really good defensively in the other two. Yeah. Um, because you're moving rowdy. Over Especially, to center. And, and last year, with Jake in center and Rowdy in left, you basically had two center fielders out there. Yeah. You don't have that luxury now. So if you move Rowdy to center, and and you got Tanner and Wright, who's, you know, I haven't seen Tanner play right. I'm sure he's good, mm-hmm. but I'm sure he's not Jake Mangum over there. Good, you know, right. as far as pizza. So you lose a little bit defensively if you put Cumbest out there, and you have Cumbest on one side, Allen on the other, and Rowdy in center. You're losing some ground covered there. So I could see them going a more defensive route and putting a speedy Bryce Brock out in left field. Makes sense. Um, And after talking to them on Saturday, I don't know that he will be the opening day left fielder, but I think you're going to see that some in the starting Mm -hmm. lineup as him in left field. And Cameron James, kind of the same thing. Um, I don't know that Landon Jordan had the, the greatest fall from some of the guys I told. I may be totally misspeaking there. If any of you know Landon or you watched the fall and, and you thought he had a good fall, maybe he did. So I, I'm not saying this is a knock on Landon. It's just I heard more about what Cameron James has proven. Mm-hmm. And then I heard more about it on, on Saturday. And from all accounts, he is an outstanding defender that's probably going to be your shortstop next year when Jordan Westberg's gone. Yeah. Um. And so I could see them going defensively at third, too. State loves their infield defense right now with Westy. Well, they're so and, strong in the middle. And with Foscue up the middle and, and Josh then, Hatcher at first. Yeah. Um, and that's another spot. I thought that was more of a battle. It seems like Josh Hatcher's pretty much locked he's, in he's, as, he's your, the, as your opening day job, first yeah. baseman now. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think State, on a lot of occasions, I don't want to say opening day it'll be Cameron James at third and, and, and Bryce Brockton left, but I might say that, and I think you will see that. Um, quite a good bit in the early going. A state kind of tries to figure out what they got, and if, I mean, look, you can afford to to favor defense at those spots, but you don't want those guys out there hitting a, both hitting a buck fifty. Right, you can't have that. So uh, you got to see if they can give you a little bit there. Yeah. But Which but I'm I, sure they will. They're talented guys. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, we'll, we'll we'll see. But from a batting perspective, I think Cumbus has the highest ceiling there. It's because he probably has. He's going to give you more power. Yeah. But I don't know if a couple months ago, if I would have even. I mean, maybe I would have thrown his name out there, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I would have even thought Bryce Brock would have been much of a player in left when mm-hmm. you had the thought of, like, Cumbest out there. Um, Hatcher and Pimentel were both kind of yeah, in the mix there. In the mix there, but Hatcher apparently settled in at first. Maybe Pimentel's going to play some in left, um, DH some. But but anyway, yeah, that, that, that's just some of my, I guess, overarching thoughts of the thing. What, uh, if I say right now, over under 35 home runs between Westberg and Foscue. Ooh. Well, last year they only had twenty combined. I know, but I think Westberg takes a big step. I, I it, this sounds funny because during the first half of the season nobody was hot. I'll than say Westberg. under thirty-five. If you'd have said thirty, mm-hmm. been closer. They get, they both get seven because I think that I could see them both getting fifteen. I think I think Fosky's going to push for twenty this year. 
he may, he may, and, and maybe, maybe I'm slanting a little bit. I see Westy as more of like a gap power kind of guy. I do, but he's on a wall, he hits the ball so damn hard. He does, he does. He'll hit it through the wall. Yeah, I mean, Westy's just got to make contact. Yeah, because he had that he had that awful stretch last year yeah. where he went. It seemed like and what, what a we month from, and a half without touching the ball. What do we hear from like. the summer though? That he tweaked his. He kind of found it, yeah, and found something there, and so I'm. And I'm he's, I'm very interested to see Westberg. Despite all of his struggles last year, he still hit 294. Yeah. Like, it's not like he was hitting 390. I know. He, he dropped 100 points and was still hitting around 300. So yeah. it tells you how good he was, how good he can be. So, uh, one last thing before we'll get out of here today. Uh, I know a lot of you are wondering about what's going on with KJ Costello. Well, the news is no news right now for KJ Costello. He's continuing to take his visits. He's in no rush, is what you have to understand. He wasn't going to be here for spring anyway. So he can take his time, take his visits. Honestly, to me, this is how the recruiting process. It should be a ru- not such a rushed process. It should be more relaxed. You know, you're trying. This is a big decision for this guy. And you know, at the end of the day, for the first time in its history, Mississippi State has a coach that legit quarterbacks really, really want to play for. And not not to knock Dak Prescott and those guys, but it's a different kind of quarterback. The kind of quarterback who can really work and throw the football. State has a, a coach that that that's going to be attractive to them. So it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean for sure that KJ Costello is going to be at Mississippi State, but it means like it does mean that things working in Mississippi State, there are things working in Mississippi State's favor. Yeah, which you couldn't say, you know, a year or yeah. two ago. It does seem like at this point it's either KJ Costello or somebody on the roster because Chase Bryce like canceled he, it. He's not coming. I, 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 somebody mentioned that today and. Part of my laptop issues, I don't know what my 24-7 password is. Okay. And then on top of that, the password, if I were to do like a password request, it's tied to brian at bulldogsportsradio.com, <laughs> which doesn't exist anymore. So I, I emailed 24-7, I'm like, I got some issues here. Can you help me? They haven't they haven't gotten back with me. Well, I mean, we know a guy or two or three I did, or four I, or five. I, I, I CC'd one of them on the email just like, <laughs> in case they say something like, who is this guy? Paul could be like... Hey, man, he's all right. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I've read so much today, and I have two kids, and like my life said, I think I read that today, that, that he is no longer. Well, if he's canceled, coming, so. did did he cancel or did State cancel? <laughs> That's what you got to know. If State canceled, they obviously feel pretty good. If he canceled, well, it could, could be an issue. You would think us doing a podcast, we'd do a little more research before we talked about Well, I didn't know. We were, I, I can't. I can't do any research. Mm. I don't have the ability to do so. It's going to be a couple days on that. So, all right. No outro music, guys. We're just gonna, you know, we're just gonna talk our way out of this. So we'll 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 just do this until we uh, get everything back up and running. We won't leave you hanging any longer. So for uh, Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside. <laughs> Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.